Hello and welcome. Hi, I'm Rabbi Moshe Schwab and I'm glad you can be here with us today. Uh, the, the portion for today is Kaye uh, Sarah, Genesis 23, 1-25, to 25-18. And this is our Torah study portion. We also have an, an accompanying teaching for this portion that is available. So, Chaye uh, Sarah means life of Sarah. And in this portion, Sarah dies at the age of 127. And Abraham goes to buy the cave of Machpelah uh, in Hebron to bury her there. Uh, Abraham pays 400 silver shekels for the cave. And it is evident that he finds this cave important. Uh, Perhaps it is the connections, there's some meaningful connections for him. For example, it was supposedly where Adam and Eve were buried. Abraham says he is a sojourner and a foreigner. That's how, basically how this portion starts. Uh, he is an alien living among them, and he asks to purchase that burial site in Genesis 23.4. There is something that believers in the true God have been able to turn around and attach meaning to. Uh, as we've talked about in the past, Abraham crossed over from the east where he was a pagan. That's where we get the word, the Hebrew word, uh, the word Hebrew from. And so to, to them, the people in Canaan, he had crossed over from this pagan land. So it essentially means that uh, they were pagans. Uh, so, and interestingly, uh, around the time of Passover, actually on the day of First Roots, we're commanded to say that we're pagans and uh, Arameans. And so uh, it's in Deuteronomy 26, 5 through 10, it talks about this. And I remember my dad saying this when I was little. And, you know, and when I heard it, I was I was really surprised. I thought, "What? We are what?" Uh, so, you know, we do this out of humility, and we recognize our roots. And so, perhaps just calling ourselves Hebrews, uh, even if you're not a Hebrew, in a sense, is a is an act of humility because of its its understanding. That's what the people called them. Uh, these people that had crossed over from this pagan land. You know, Gentiles don't understand this most of the time. Uh, uh, they, they, they often focus it on one section of the Gospels where the leaders of Yeshua's time talk about uh, we be of Abraham's seed, and of course, and they, then they, they're, the way they talk about it is they talk about it in negative terms about the Jews and how messed up the Jews were. And of course, you know, we look at our society now, and you know, they they can't really say anything, can they? Our society is pretty messed up. Um, they focus on a few people. I mean, this the Jews, Israel, were, were they were trying to work out their lives biblically, and they did they didn't do a great job, but at least they were really trying. And I can't say that people are trying to work out their lives biblically in this day and time. Um, after after talking about Abraham in the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter eleven, we read in verses thirteen through sixteen. It says, "These all died in faith, not having received the promises." 
but having seen them afar off, were assured of them. We're talking about Old Testament people here. Embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who said such things declare plainly, plainly that they seek a homeland, and truly if, if they had called to mind that country from which they came out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better that is a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Amen, huh? God has prepared a place for the Jews, Jewish believers, and also for us, who are believers in the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah. The Jews properly came up with an understanding that, that we were no longer just pagan foreigners, but we are now strangers or foreigners to this pagan world. We look forward to a new heaven and earth where we will all do what is right. Second Peter 3.13 says, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Excuse me. It will be a wonderful and amazing time. Isaiah 64.3 and 4 says, no one has ever heard, nor ear perceived, no eye seen any any God but you. Your work for Him who waits for you. So if we and then it goes on to say, if we keep your ancient ways, we will be saved. You know, God's work is, is beyond our ability to comprehend. If people want to be saved, it says we must keep God's ancient ways. So the people that say the Bible is old-fashioned are wrong. And the people who say we don't have to follow God's commandments are also wrong. Kepler writes to those who, who are outside of Jewish society when he says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshy lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, be, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God. Uh, second, second Peter 2, 11 and 12. Sojourners most certainly would have resonated with them. They were strangers, even as Abraham was a stranger, and is living, living a life as a pagan evildoer by not keeping God's commandments. They were to keep God's commandments. And in, when it's, when, uh, Kepha talks about good works, he's thinking about God's commandments. That's what good works is, it says they are in the Old Testament portion. As a people who are on a pilgrimage like Abraham, they were to seek the future kingdom that God had prepared for them. If they take the right path and keep God's commandments, their walk culminates in the future kingdom of God. Take some time to think this through. I'm sure that there's, there's these correlations are just ringing in your mind right now. We are grateful that we know we are no longer pagans who have crossed over from the east. We are now those who will cross over someday into a different world, just as our father Abraham. Therefore, we are children of Abraham by faith. Probably another scripture comes to mind as well. You you can be in plugging this concept into your understanding the Jews had. The Gentiles were no longer strangers and foreigners. 
course, the, he is talking, Shul is talking about them joining the saints, that is, the, the Jewish believers. But, uh, but have fun with this, instead of making up random studies on numbers and letters, as some do. Perhaps other studies are good applications. But Yeshua said they were mostly just diversions that were off track. That's John 5.39. You know, and some were so off track that with reading into the scriptures, they, they didn't know who the Messiah was there right in front of them. Okay, continuing on with the portion. Abraham then sent his servant to find a wife for Yitzhak, that is Isaac, in, in Nahor's city in, in Aram Naharayim, that is Mesopotamia. He does this because he doesn't want Yitzhak to marry an unbeliever from the land of Canaan. Abraham says that God would send his angel before his servant. When a servant gets to the city, it is evening, and it was time for the women to draw water. Abraham's servant prays and asks God for a sign that, that the woman he asks for water will say yes and also water his camels. Before he could finish asking God, Rivka, the daughter of Nechor, came. This, this is not just a funny story at a well, like some say, but a recording of God orchestrating events to make his will known. Abraham's servant then asks for a drink of water, and she complies and also offers to water the camels. He asked if they had any room to stay, and she said they did. When he arrives at the home of Levan, Rivka's brother greets uh, Abraham's servant in the name of Yehovah, Yudhevave. Yehovah, it, it, it says in Exodus 3.15, this is my name forever. Before Abraham's servant eats, he explains why he is there and the events that God had orchestrated to bring them together. He lets them know why he is there and asks them if he needs to look elsewhere for a wife for Yitzhak. They recognize that God has brought them together and he was able to return right away with Rivka, even though they asked him to stay. Rivka and Yitzhak end up seeing each other in the field when Rivka was nearly back uh, there. Uh, Yitzhak then, ta then takes Rivka as his wife. Abraham has another wife named Keturah after Sarah, and she has six sons before Abraham dies at the age of 175. Yitzhak inherits Abraham's possessions. The descendants of Yishmael are given at the end of this portion. He dies at the age of 137. This portion records the death of both Abraham and Sarah. The Jewish writings say that the cave of Machpelah that Abraham bought for his family's burial was where Adam and Eve was buried, as I said before. In this portion, the highlight of this portion, when God orchestrates the events to bring Rivka back as Yitzhak's wife. Uh, Abraham sends his servant, trusting God that his servant will bring back a wife for Yitzhak. Then works, God works out the details. We see events like these happening to the prophets in the Tanakh, and they also occurred frequently to Yeshua, and they've happened to me too. They'll happen to us as believers. Yeshua's disciples experienced miraculous events as they followed Yeshua wherever he went. In the case of Abraham's servant and also for Rivka's family, it was apparent to them that the Lord, Yehovah, 
orchestrated events to bring back Rivka as Yitzchak's wife. After Yeshua ascended to heaven, his Tamadim recalled many of the events they witnessed and saw how God had orchestrated the events to show them that Yeshua is indeed the Messiah. It should also be evidence to us that God is in control. I, you know, I have witnessed the events that were set up by God, and they are very exciting. It says in Isaiah 45.9, Woe to him who strives with his maker. Shall the clay say to him who forms it, What are you making? The Haftarah for Chaye Sarah is 1 Kings 1-31. through This reading pl takes place just before the death of King David. King David is sick, and one of his sons began to claim that he was king. But Shiva asked King David if he hadn't told her that Shlomo would be king. Natan also comes, the prophet Natan comes in and asks King David about Adonai's claim to, to the throne. King David then orders Shlomo to be anointed king. In this portion we see Abraham sticking to what God told him to do about Yitzhak being the heir of promise. You know, although men may think that they are the ones who are in power and, and they are the ones who know how, how to procure power, it was God who, who ultimately chose the line of people who would bless the earth and who, and who would be the Messiah, namely Yeshua, our Messiah. Abraham gave his life to serve the true God and God gave him a blessed life. His life was not without trials, but he stood strong, and through Abraham, the entire world has been blessed tremendously. We also can be a people who give our lives to God and bless this world. Never minimize your contribution as a follower of the Creator God and of our Messiah, Yeshua. So I'd just like to say a blessing right now. Yevarecha Yehova veYishmerecha Yaer Yehova panavalecha vihinecha Yisa Yehova panavalecha veSemlecha Shalom. Yehovah bless you and keep you. Yehovah make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Yehovah lift up his counts upon you and give you peace. Amen. Shabbat Shalom. Don't forget about our accompanying teaching for this portion.